Welcome to the Start Me Up Podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network in association with Muller She Wrote Media. I'm your host, Kimberly Johnson in D.C. Today, my returning guest is Mary Trump. Oh my God, I love Mary. I'm so excited that she's here. I can't wait to talk to her. But before we get into it, the Start Me Up podcast is independent, supported by listeners, and it's woman run. A great big thank you to everybody who supports the show. If you enjoy today's podcast, visit patreon.com slash startmeup. Check out all the tiers. I do include a tier with a much shorter intro and no ads. You can hear the free shows on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and they're followed up by What's Up, a show just for patrons where I talk about anything that comes to mind. It's a little more personal, kind of like my online diary. Visit patreon.com slash startmeup. And don't forget, you can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Now, please enjoy my conversation with Mary Trump. Welcome back to the show, Mary. Really, it's awesome to be back. Um, uh, we will struggle to find topics of conversation. <laughs> I'm dancing a jig because you're here. <laughs> just, I was in such a crappy mood yesterday. You know, sometimes it just gets to me. I, other days I'm really good and I can like find the good, which we're going to talk about your uh, new writing project. But mm-hmm. I am able to, you know, sometimes rise above it. But yesterday it was just I couldn't. So here we are today. I'm back into the political, I don't know, you just, I'm, I'm part of it now again, and I'm talking about mm-hmm. it. I mean, I kind of did yesterday, but it's just so freaking, it's, it's like so much anxiety. I can't even believe it. So, okay, before we get into politics, um, mm-hmm. since the last time we talked, I believe, I don't know when you started your podcast, but you've got a part podcast and you've got a new sub stack. So what inspired you to start The Good in Us, your Substack? I, I uh, noticed that um, one of the big trends, and I, I have to give Donald credit for that, this, <laughs> I don't like to give him credit for much, but I definitely <laughs> give him credit for, for, for this, is that it's not just that the right is getting crueler, um, or I got maybe embracing their instinct to be cool. Because mm-hmm. um, I, don't, I don't think anybody got made worse they just right. got permission to be as bad as they want mm-hmm. um openly but it also seemed like they are trying their best to turn what is good in us against us mm-hmm. yeah you know equating kindness with weakness and owning up to your mistakes as foolishness you know these are people who never take responsibility for anything they never admit they're wrong yeah um and I, you know, like you, I, I find it really hard sometimes to deal with the unrelenting awfulness of things mm-hmm. um, because it, it does make it hard to remember Yes, that everything isn't awful. And mm-hmm. I, I know a lot of that is, is still COVID. Um, you know, we're still pretty much on maybe not lockdown, but isolation. Yeah. Uh, things aren't back to normal. Um Part of it is that a, lo- a lot of us expected things to be better after Biden won, mm-hmm. and they are shockingly worse mm-hmm. now than they were a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to have a place, not you know, not where I was going to draw the blinds and cover my ears and pretend nothing <laughs> bad was happening, but to to be honest and straightforward about what's happening, but remind people that in this context knowledge is power yeah. and our goodness is is power too and and we cannot become them we need to hang on to that good in us uh to make the fight worth fighting and the fight worth winning it's so true and you know i mean i'm i'm certainly still kind of guilty <laughs> for you know when i go after people like don jr i'm i'm always going to be sarcastic <clears throat> i'm always going to take advantage of that you know aspect of my personality um, is that bad? <laughs> <laughs> i'm not talking about pulling punches i know i know but still i mean there the, you know i mean i i feel like sometimes when i'm on twitter i because i was born sarcastic i mean when when i was little i don't know how old i was maybe three or four my mom was, you know, thre- I was be- misbehaving. And so she's like, Kimberly, I'm going to spank your fanny so hard. And I guess I just like turned and looked at her and said, what are you going to do? Crack it open? And then she just Oh, my God. <laughs> That's precocious. <laughs> 
and she just laughed like she 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 wasn't even angry anymore um so that's just like part of who i am i'm just i am that person and sometimes during this political cr- climate it's really hard for me to you know keep that like to to be good to 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 say something good, but I am working on. I mean, I'm always going to go after those people, and I and I don't feel that that's a bad thing. But I also no. feel like I want to put out equal parts of good and love, and you know, I'm doing this whole personal journey, which I won't get into. I talk about it on my patrons only show, but it's kind of just like this, you know, trying to find purpose and the good and all of that um, in my own life. And so it's like I, I have noticed that I've been, you know, and I've been reading your um, your posts and they're inspiring and they're they're always so entertaining. And I always love when you put pictures of your animals. I love your animals so much. And we're going to talk about your kitten in a minute. But um, <laughs> but it's like, yeah, I, I, I think it is important that even those of us who are naturally sarcastic and sometimes I really like to go for the jugular at least balance it out because I'm going after what I consider to be a neo-Nazi so I don't feel guilty yep. about it but um, yep. you know it's just there you want to put out something positive and good too and so I'm, I'm grateful that you're taking that on because it it is one of the things aside from Wordle <laughs> just my new <laughs> obsession <laughs> that's keeping me happy and also oh, that's awesome yeah no it is and it's, it's I'm so glad that you're doing that and it's not surprising because you're just such a cool person but um, okay, so you got a new kitty. It was from your daughter, correct? Yeah. <laughs> um, my daughter, a few days before she came home for a break in December, she she said, I need to give you your Christmas present a few days earlier. And for some bizarre reason, I thought to myself, is it something I need to plant? I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> it made no sense. So I'm like, sure, whatever. <laughs> so she comes in. With a carrying case, <laughs> and there's Cap, my four year, four month old. Well, now she's almost six months old. Oh, wow. um, four month old, black, mostly black kitten, <laughs> who is. I have to make sure Lyndon's not around to hear this. Um, <laughs> who, who may be like the most amazing cat I've ever had, oh. and or you know up there. And what's what's really the best things you know Lyndon's tolerating her I'm hoping eventually they'll be buddies yeah but um you know we lost uh Lyndon's brother oh. a couple of years ago when he was only six and it oh, was wow. terrible yeah sudden unexpected thing and I just realized yesterday that that Cap reminds me of him interesting like has the same um sweetness yeah. and you know it's like a puppy yeah and is like very attached to me and uh <laughs> yeah because London's a little we call him uh the little loner really um huh. yeah but anyway there's nothing <laughs> better than a kitten oh my god a, I know nothing <laughs> cats are a close second that's true you know I I've had such <laughs> excuse me whenever I've uh gotten a kitten I've had two I yeah, mean, on you, my own. you and Bob are cat people. Yes, we are. Right now, we don't have one. But growing up, I mean, living with my mom, we always had a cat. Um, but then I moved out on my own, and I got first. I got Pearl, and she, oh my God, the first night I was out of my, I got my own apartment, and my mom was over with some friends who helped me move, and we were all having pizza, and I had just brought Pearl home, and she was like, she was white and fluffy, and she was so freaking pretty and cute, and I think she was about two or three months old, and she just started tearing around my apartment. I had these, I don't know if you remember, but they were really popular um, back in the 90s. They are just like the iron, little like iron sculptures with bells on them that you hang on the wall. I don't know if you know those. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. Um, I never had one, but I remember them. Yeah, I remember Jackie on Roseanne had them in her home. Anyway, so <laughs> Pearl got up on one of my bookcases and started, like, ringing the bells, and she's, like, running all over. My mom said, I know who's going to rule this house. And boy, man, for a year, <laughs> that freaking cat, she was so beautiful. She was so cute, and she'd fall asleep during the day. And then all night, all night, she'd knock everything down. She, she was a freaking terror. And I'd call my mom crying, and I'm like, I can't sleep. I can't sleep. And I wasn't going to get rid of her. And and so I just decided one day I thought I'm gonna I'm gonna have a talk with her and I sat down and I got a scrunch of her neck and I'm like Pearl, 
Like, you have to understand. And like, she really did hear me. And like, the only thing that she did from that moment on, she'd wake me up at 5am. And I'd have to feed her. And if I fed her, she was a cute little angel. If I didn't, she was a terror. Then I got Miranda, I think 10 years later. And Miranda, long story short, she had um, chlamydia. And oh in, yeah, and cats, that is an upper respiratory. And she gave it to Pearl and Pearl almost died. And it's like, I just have this thing with kittens. It's like, I don't know. I'm cursed. Wow. <laughs> I, yeah, it, it's it's I, I, I've had some bad runs. too, And uh, <laughs> that's why I decided when I got my last two, uh, Lyndon <clears throat> and his brother's name was Trumpy. Because <laughs> Avery, Avery named them. That's um, funny. Because <laughs> Lyndon is her middle name. <laughs> anyway, uh, so when we got Lyndon and Trumpy, uh, our two cats before that had been outdoor cats. Long story. Didn't end well. So I was determined to make them indoor cats, keep them <laughs> indoor cats, which they were. And then Trumpy still oh, died young anyway. <laughs> so, you know, but it, it is, that is the worst, the only bad thing about yes. animals. That um, is. That's the worst part of it, and I hate do it. Do not stay with us forever. Exactly. And, I mean, I tried to tell myself that, you know, that's the whole, that's the contract we have with them, and the whole point is you want them to go first. You don't want to go first and all that stuff, but it's right. just it's just terrible. Um, okay, yeah. so now I'm going to ask you about, I want to ask you about a TV show before we even get into politics, but I also <laughs> want to ask you about your podcast. When did that start, and what's that all about? Tell everybody. I think today I'm doing episode 10. So what is that? Two and a half, two and a half months. Okay. Um, And it, you know, that's something I've been wanting to do for a long time. Uh, And then it just was never the right time. And then I got approached by Politicon and it just made sense. Yeah. Um, And interestingly though, this was all happening right around the time I started Substack, which I was having a blast doing. Hmm. Um, and now I love doing the podcast and now they're both, as you know, a lot of work. Yes. So doing them simultaneously <laughs> is a bit much, but, um, the podcast is, uh, you know, it's, it's not quite, it's, it's a little more, um, well, and maybe I should say it's a, a little less, uh, focusing on the good stuff than the, uh, <laughs> right. You know, um, <laughs> on reality. Yeah. It's not all, yeah, it's not all good. So, so <laughs> what I wanted to do was, uh, have a slightly, I'm going to be playing around with the format, but right, right now it's, you know, I, I, whatever the issue of the day is, right. um, you know, uh, whatever, whatever seems like an emergency <laughs> at the, at the moment, like today, for example, it, it, Oh, I don't know. It might be the Supreme court. Yes. Um, uh, the <laughs> the evil the evil five on the Supreme Court. Right. Um, and then I I have a guest uh, to talk about. You know, the context is really what are we going to do mm-hmm. <laughs> to make sure mm-hmm. that we save America? Like <laughs> that's my only mission. Anything I'm doing right now is focused on that because. And then uh, I decided also, though, to kind of balance things out. At the end, I started asking whoever the guest is, what gives you hope mm-hmm. and how do you hang on to hope? Yeah. Given what's going on. Because that, you know, we were talking about earlier, you know, you, you don't want to become them. You don't want to focus right. on, um, on them. Right. To the exclusion of everything else. Like, mm-hmm. I have no problem with going after these fucking assholes with everything we have. I have no problem. They are, as you said, they are fascists. They mm-hmm. are destroying this country. They are killing people. They're getting people killed. They, We owe them nothing, nothing. except yeah. our contempt uh-huh. and uh, a fight like we, no punches pulled. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> we need to emerge from that every once in a while mm-hmm. or yes. we will lose yeah. ourselves. Um, so... Like how do how do we balance? I don't even know if balance is possible, but you know how how do we how do we keep both of those things at the same time? You know yeah. the 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 eyes wide open. Holy shit, things are really bad, mm-hmm. but there is still hope, and there is. I mean, let's face it. I'm an optimistic person by nature. Yeah. That's been challenged severely over the last five mm-hmm. years, but 
you know, if we say uh, we're going to lose the midterms, well, then guess what? We are. That's so true. Because you're you're going to then. So so we're not going to try. Yeah. OK. Yes. Then that's we're gonna lose it. Midterms. It's cool. the collective. I, I mean, I'm totally into this. It is this, you know, I don't want to hear, and I'm going to ask you about Garland in, in a little bit, but mm-hmm. this notion that if Garland doesn't do, you know, what we think he needs to do by November, that it's automatic that we're going to lose. I don't mm-hmm. want that to go out there. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. that it's not true. I don't know exactly where everybody is regarding Garland, although I know half the country doesn't pay attention at all. So, mm-hmm. um, but to, to, to make one person or one thing and say, oh, that's it, we're, it's over, um, then that becomes we st- one person says it, then twenty people say it, then one hundred and fifty, and then it just goes up and up and up, and it becomes this assumption. And if that is the assumption, people move based on that assumption. Uh, you know what they choose to do, and so it is so important that no matter what happens, I think it's like you said: find the good, find the always fight. I mean, God, Kamala Harris said it. You know, I think it was at the RNC, or not the RNC, <laughs> the Democratic National Convention. Um, <laughs> Probably whoops. not the RNC. That's unlikely. Right. But she, and she said, and I'd never heard it phrased this way, even though I understood it to be true, that democracy is not a given. We have to always be fighting mm-hmm. for it. And so that's right. That is something that I keep in mind every single day. I, I think of her words. All right. So I, I want to ask you a couple questions about um, politics, obviously. But I just have to ask you, have you seen the show For All Mankind? Oh, is that a Ronald Morsner show? I, I don't know the name. I don't Battle know. Star Galactica guy? Maybe, maybe it's about it's a space age. Well, I mean, yes, space race? Ba- yes, it's a space race. Basically, without giving anything away, uh, the sh- the series starts off with it's an alternative look at history, and or mm-hmm. you know you know, and so if Russians were the first ones to land on the moon, right. and then we just go from there, and mm-hmm. it's I don't it's so good, and it was so funny because first of all, Bob said to say hello to you (laughs) um, (laughs) and then he's like don't forget to tell Mary what I said about it because he's got this theory that some of the writers are the same for Star Trek and he thinks this might be Mm -hmm. you know like before Star Trek how 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 it came to be um, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, he, well, yeah, I mean, Ron Moore, he he was on uh, uh, the Next Generation. Okay, there you go. Um, yeah. And then did the utterly brilliant reboot of Battlestar Galactica. Yes. Okay. See that I don't know. All about. Years entirely to do Outlander, which is not my kind of thing. I don't know if it's good or bad. It's just so not my it's right. time travel romance. No, not, <laughs> no, 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 historical romance. No less. Um, so I, you know, with the exception of that, and just simply because of the genre, I am willing to, to go wherever Ron Moore wants to go, except for 18th century Scotland. <laughs> I think you would really like this show is so great. And the nice thing about it is it continues to get better and better and better. And also, the series, the I'm sorry, the seasons are long. They're not just like a, it seemed oh, like we were nice. watching the. Fr- I don't know how many there are, but um, it just we've been watching it for a while, and it does it just keeps getting better and better. It's so smart, and what's awesome about it is the way it uses. I, I don't I don't want to use the word use, but I mean feminism is a big part of it, and mm-hmm. it's part you know it's a whole NASA story, and it's just I think that you would thoroughly enjoy it so I just wanted to throw that out there <laughs> yeah and, and and it's there is something to be said about long seasons I recently uh rewatched, I guess binged is the term <laughs> elementary um I which I that. just I I think that it is the best depiction of a male-female friendship in the history of depictions of those things wow elementary um, i'm gonna have to check that elementary out. it's it's johnny lee miller as uh, sherlock holmes and um lucy Liu. okay as joan watson oh wow and it's i absolutely love the show and i'd forgotten you know it was on cbs every season had 22 23 24 episodes there were seven seasons wow and it's like, yeah, okay, the, the downside is, yes, you get some duds, because yeah. that's a lot of episodes. Right. <laughs> but the character development, yeah. you know, the, the through line, I mean, it's just, so that's, I'm definitely going to put uh, For All Mankind on my list. Yes, and then I, I want to hear, like, after you've been watching it for a while, 
you know, mm-hmm. I want to hear check back. what you have to say about this. Okay, before we get into politics, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back after this message. Hey, this is Kimberly. Real quick, if you're not already a patron of the show, please check out patreon.com slash startmeup. You'll see all the different tier options. I would really appreciate it if you check them out and become my patron. You'll have my undying gratitude. Thanks so much. Okay, we're back. Okay, so I've got a question for you. Um, and I have to, like, you know, I always have to explain everything first. So last week I'm watching All In with Chris Hayes, and they were covering... Pence talking to the Federal Society saying Mm. Trump is wrong. And then after this, I see yesterday on CNN, more than 140 Republicans and conservative leaders, uh, like including former members of Congress, government officials. I think people even in the Obama and Bush administration condemned the censuring of Cheney and Kinzinger. And Mm -hmm. then, okay, so then I had posted on Twitter something about the standing ovation and people were saying, well, they, they stood when Pence basically said that they weren't going to allow Democrats to steal 2024. Uh And the thought that I had on this was, well, but they gave him a standing ovation anyway, you know, after he said Uh Trump was wrong. So then last night I see again on Chris Hayes, Jeremy Peters of the New York Times said that members of the Federalist Society were silent uh, mm-hmm. when Trump, when he said Trump was wrong, and he was basically suggesting that they didn't like it. But again, I go back to they gave him a standing ovation, and I don't necessarily think the Federalist Society needs Trump at this point. What, what mm-hmm. I'm seeing, the way I see this, is kind of like the fight between Lex Luthor and Zod. Uh, it's like the two <laughs> evil forces that are going at it. And so I wanted to ask you what you think is going on there. Do you agree that that's what's happening? Do you think that this might be leading to a split in the party? Do you think it's just all BS and they're all going to stick together no matter what? Yeah, I I think, first of all, uh, Pence clearly knows something's Mm -hmm. up uh, and he's just covering his ass. Mm -hmm. You know, he he would never have. He is the most sycophantic. He is. Sycophant. (laughs) He's a despicable, spineless creature yeah. is odious on every level mm-hmm. um everything he does is self-serving so it, it yeah and and i mean he told the truth woo <laughs> you <laughs> no, know right you're too late but <laughs> cool um so i think that that just that doesn't mean anything he'll he'll worm his way back in hmm. uh he said what needed what they needed here which mm-hmm. is they're going to make sure that we don't steal the election because again, it's all about projection. Exactly. These people. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that, um, you know, and unfortunately I have to use this, this term. I think that Trumpism, <laughs> uh, we're at the point now where it could definitely, uh, it, it does not need Donald mm-hmm. in the way it used to. Mm-hmm. And I think we are getting to the point where, um, he will become irrelevant to the movement that is Trumpism. Um, I don't think there's going to, there's not, there's no split in the Republican party. This is not something we can, we can hope for. If Donald decides to run, everybody else will stand down. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, he can attack them as much as he wants. And it's not about supporting him. And this is what people need to understand. It's about having the base and it's about power. Mm-hmm that he showed them the way that if they are immoral, if they don't care for norms, if they act like norms and traditions and, and laws and rules don't apply to them, Mm -hmm. they will get away with it. And if they just keep, keep it up and concede nothing and, you know, paint us as the communist, socialist, fascist, Leninist, Marxist, whatever the hell, yeah. then um, they can just brazen their way through it, which is what Donald has done pretty much forever. Yeah. And if you think that Mitch McConnell is going to give up the opportunity to create a theocratic apartheid state right. with the Republicans in a permanent major- minority, um, 
you know, simply because Donald is is the nominee. Uh, there's a bridge in Brooklyn. I can tell you right. <laughs> so they are in lockstep, and right. we see that. Yeah, okay. Every once in a while, um, you know, some senators decried the resolution. I mean, the censure. Um, but so what? It doesn't yeah. mean they're not going to do anything about it. It's not going to change the way they vote on anything. Right. No, so, it absolutely you not. But I mean, do you is there do you think there's any chance that it would affect voters affect the base? I mean, okay, like for instance, if we see Ron DeSantis and I mean, I, I think it's funny because maybe Mike Pence is going to run. And that's such a joke, but um I mean, he wouldn't get anywhere. I think that the one to be afraid of is Ron DeSantis. But if 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 Ron DeSantis is going to run against Donald, they're going to have to say shit you know, about each other. And I wonder what that does to the base. I, I would, I'm going to assume they would march in lockstep. Like they'll all be angry yeah. and then they'll just go behind whoever gets the nomination. I'd be surprised if, I, although it's actually, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because he's not running as, as the incumbent. Uh, so right. yeah, there, I, I, there, there may be competition. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it's not going to, it's not going to affect the base at all. Whoever gets the look at what happened in 2016. I know they, you know, I know they ripped each other to shreds. Well, that's not true. Donald ripped them to right, shreds, right. and they tried to like lay a glove on him. But you know, when you have Marco Rubio trying to be a bully, <laughs> know, it doesn't end well. No. Um, you know, like nobody understood how to attack him. No, and now I don't think they can. Mm-hmm. Uh, in an I don't know. That's just very interesting. I I'd be surprised, but then again, in, in, in this, we shouldn't be surprised by anything anymore. I know. I know. <laughs> it's basically the bottom line. So okay, I asked this of all my guests, and I'm just going to have to ask you: Where do you stand on the Garland issue? And here, should he be doing more? Should Donald be indicted now? Um, since he's especially since he admitted that he wanted Pence to overturn 2020 and that he would pardon insurrectionists. And then also, what was the other? Oh, that basically he was inciting more violence by calling for protest. Do you, where do you stand on the Garland issue right now? Because you know the debate that's going on. Yeah. Um, well, truth matters. I do. I want Garland to do more. I don't know what he's doing, mm-hmm. so I can't even answer that question. <laughs> um, I I wish he were more transparent. Mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of faith in him, but I'm not going to take more, a stand one way or the other because I don't know, mm-hmm. and I don't think it makes sense to be attacking the Justice Department right now when we just don't know. Yeah. I mean, I've, I, you know, about other things, absolutely. Like, the fact that he's using taxpayer money to to defend Donald yeah. against E. Jean Carroll know, is, makes me have no, I have zero respect for this man yeah. right now. <laughs> but, um, you know, that doesn't mean he won't do his job in other areas. The DOJ has been great uh, with um, civil rights in the last year. And mm-hmm. stuff like that, um, but I there is a point though at which you have to think: how much more evidence does one yeah. need? Like yeah. every day, right? We get revelations about you know uh, defying the Presidential Records Act, destroying I mm-hmm. mean destroying documents, mm-hmm. re- stealing documents, like things for which you and I would have been arrested already. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, you know the clearly the memos and the. PowerPoints mm-hmm. and all of this stuff. So, you know, the only I, I'm holding withholding judgment one again because like I said, I'd, maybe they're doing a lot. In which case, cool. Yeah. Um, but you know, Joyce Vance said uh, a while back, if you aim at the king, you best not miss. Yes. So think about how complex mm-hmm this case must be if there is a case Mm -hmm. think about how many people are involved think about the seriousness of the charges because this is all i mean and think about how much is going on with just january 6th yeah so i don't think it's reasonable to expect anything i know it doesn't feel quick but Mm -hmm. watergate took a really long time and that was like oh that was nothing that was like somebody robbing a candy store i i think the, the frustrating part for those of us who are lay people 
um, is that legal time runs so much more slowly than mm-hmm. political time. <laughs> and we don't have that luxury right now because 2022, I know it's a cliche, but it also happens to be true. Yeah. May well, it is the most important election mm-hmm. of our lifetime. It may be the last one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yes. you know, it's a little frustrating to know that there's all of this evidence. And I'm, I have no doubt in my mind that these pil- people are so guilty that they should be sent to the Hague for mm-hmm. war crimes and crimes against humanity and everything else. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't matter what I think. Yeah. You know, they need to prove it. Yeah, they need to prove it. And then obviously, it does. like you said, they have their own timeline justice is a different timeline than politics and so because of that we might not even see any kind of action until 2023 right and that's another yes if then and 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 that's another reason to not put everything with 22 you know there's the whole voting rights thing i don't know what's going to happen nobody's talking about it anymore which is making me nervous um we all know that Joe Manchin and, and Kirsten Cinema are being ridiculous about this, but either way, there are other factors going into 2022 more than what Garland does. And I know mm-hmm. there are, uh, you know, a certain block of voters out there who definitely voted for Joe Biden because of what he's done. They wanted to see justice. Well, that's mm-hmm. fine. And I want to see justice too. But to me, first of all, democracy is more important. I want to save democracy above everything else. Um, and then on top of it, on top of that, I mean, I feel I feel like it's like you're saying, if we don't get 20, if, if Democrats don't win 2022, that's pretty much going to be it. It's not going to be over. It'll be over in 2025. And, oh, I don't even like thinking about that. But I'm leading up to you and wanting to ask you, do you think that the televised hearings um, and then whatever's going to be coming out, I don't know if we're going to see anything this year, I'm hoping that we will, with New York, whether it's uh, the DA or the AG. Do Mm -hmm. you think that that's going to, let's just say we see some kind of an indictment or some kind of accountability with Donald this year, do you think it would excite people and get you know get them more engaged and then also do you think that that's going to and you know start more and more violent you know i mean mm-hmm. not an insurrection but just you know throughout the united states different kinds of domestic terrorism from white supremacists yeah uh there is so much going on and you're right it's it is absurd to put all so much on one person Mm -hmm. like even if garland were doing everything that he should be doing well except being transparent (laughs) you know remember robert Mueller and how that ended for us yeah i do (laughs) so everybody was hanging their hopes on robert Mm -hmm. and that was a total disaster largely because of bill barr Barr, and the olc memo but also because it just it you know nothing happened right um because i think of the way uh because of how Mueller laid everything out it just it wasn't effective mm-hmm. anyway um so what the january 6th committee can do that Mueller failed to do is grab the attention of the american people mm-hmm. so far we've seen the testimony of the four officers mm-hmm. and um we have seen um it wasn't a, a it wasn't a hearing but i guess when they were like laying out their case i can't remember it was a couple of months ago um and each of the members of the committee made a statement about what they were finding and where the investigation was going why they were doing it etc it was riveting Hmm. it was brilliant uh and you know the the police officer testimony was heartbreaking Mm -hmm. and Mm heart-wrenching and gripping right so televising this stuff is going to be a game changer Hmm. Um, because what I find very heartening is that led by, well, actually not led by Jamie Raskin, but Jamie Raskin is so brilliant. I'm sure he has a lot to do with how this is getting framed. (laughs) They are going to be telling a story and that's much more effective than just laying out facts. They also understand that the clock is ticking. So, you know, 
I think there's, again, a reason they didn't want to rush it. Mm -hmm. They've been interviewing hundreds, if not thousands, mm -hmm. of people going through God knows how many pages of documents and, and footage and what have you. So they needed the time to do it right. And I think there is enough time left. Mm -hmm. um, and that plus the fact that, you know, we, we're, we're dealing with um, a party of fascists who are banning books and burning mm -hmm. books and, um, you know, making completely false free speech arguments to protect this scumbag, racist, uh, misogynist mm -hmm. who gets paid hundreds of millions of, or tens of millions of dollars to be a racist and a misogynist. Mm -hmm. um, pretty sure that's not a free speech issue. <laughs> um, and we have an absolutely unaccountable majority in the Supreme Court that is at odds with 70% of the American people. It's regressive. Mm -hmm. It is dangerous beyond comprehension. And, you know, between their voting rights decisions and their uh, choice decision, women's yeah. choice, or sorry, reproductive rights decisions, um, hopefully people are paying attention to that too. So there may indeed we may indeed be at a tipping point hmm. when, um, because, you know, we're not talking, this isn't, this isn't like, um, inside baseball stuff. We're talking about the fact that women in Texas and soon in the entire country, except certain States will be second class citizens mm -hmm. and already are mm -hmm. in Texas. Mm -hmm. And, um, black people once again will have their rights. I, I mean, it's literally, Jim Crow mm -hmm. all over again, except uh, instead of using violence and terroristic threats, um, they're just doing it through the Supreme Court as if to suggest it's constitutional. Right, yeah. And by the way, folks, just because the, the Supreme Court says it's constitutional doesn't mean it is. These are the most anti-democratic people I've ever seen, and that's saying something given that we're talking about a Supreme Court that gave us Dred Scott and mm -hmm. Plessy versus Ferguson and all that. So. Yeah, and I mean, you've got three people on there that Trump appointed, so... Uh, and they're illeg illegitimate. I'm sorry. That, yeah, they, they are. Every single one of yes. those nominations, uh, it seats, is illegitimate. And then, it of is, course, and there's Clarence Thomas. Of course. <laughs> and then there's Clarence Thomas. Um, yeah, and I mean, you go back to to 2000 and the fact that the Supreme Court didn't even want to put it down as a precedent that they said Bush won why do you think that uh -huh. is because they're fucking full of shit and That's right. uh, it's so maddening um, how do we how do we you know with, with everything that we've been talking about the Republican Party and their behavior and, and it's not even the Republican Party anymore I mean they're just like the fa the American fascist party or whatever but uh -huh. Um, how do we overcome fascism when many in the news media refuse to paint an accurate picture of what's happening? And like, for instance, they, the jobs numbers that came out recently for Biden, or at least when they came out at the beginning of the year, they were similar to Donald's numbers and Donald got praise for them. Biden yep. didn't. And now, of right. course, the numbers were like so drastically improved under Biden mm -hmm. than they originally expected. Yet you have assholes mm -hmm. like Chuck Todd and yep. a number of people who work for whether it's Politico or even the New York Times or even the Washington Post editorializing what's happening. And basically, what about ism? It's the same, you know, same sides. Of the How do we overcome that? Um, we don't, unfortunately. I mean, that's not a short-term fix because that would require over overhauling mm -hmm. corporate media, um, which has a a built-in uh, bias against Democrats. Yeah. Um, so why – I mean, I understand why that is at the corporate level. Why that is at the individual uh, journalist level, I don't understand. Um, <laughs> unless it's just – they continue to – um, play into the hands of, of the right who accuse the mainstream media of having a liberal bias mm -hmm. and bending over backwards to prove they don't, which is so infuriating mm -hmm. because it's been going on for decades and yeah. they're still falling for this nonsense. <laughs> um, you know, just just report report your facts, man. Yeah, uh, facts. Yeah, facts have a liberal bias, as we know, and and it it seems so simple. You know, be neutral as to the facts, but you have to be pro democracy. Otherwise, yes. the fourth estate can't exist. Exactly. So, you know, being pro-democracy isn't being 
Well, in this in this day and age, it is being pro-Democratic Party, but that's right. not the Democratic Party's fault. Exactly. Yes, exactly. So, you know, they, they need to use language accurately. Mm-hmm. If, if, if a Republican accuses the left of being socialist or whatever, okay, why? Explain that. Mm-hmm. How, you know, if they, they've, they're calling us fascists now. Mm-hmm. How? Explain that. <laughs> if, I'm on, if I'm on somebody's show and, they, and I say fa- the Republican Party is a party of fascists and they ask me to explain, I can explain it to them. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to be asked to define your terms. Yeah. Um, and they're just still unwilling. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's an, an access journalism issue mm-hmm. or what, but um, they're just unwilling to do what needs to be done in order to educate the American people. Like, this is not business as usual. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things that so infuriated me about the Virginia gubernatorial <laughs> race. They were pundits were all acting like it was a normal, yeah, you know, the party out of power always yeah. wins. The, right. well, wait, wait a second. The last part, the, the, the Republicans are fascists now. Yeah. So, so <laughs> you can't say, you can't say, oh, after four years of, of, you know, fascism and, and almost overturning our government that young Youngkin's just a regular old Republican because there was no such thing anymore. Mm-hmm. So so it's that refusal to frame things properly. Yeah. So what that means is that we need the Democratic Party to step up. I'm so sick of this shit. I'm so the, – the fact that I, I've made it a policy, I do not criticize the Biden administration. Mm-hmm. I, In this one instance, I cannot help myself. <laughs> you do not, under any circumstances, say what he said – about Mitch McConnell, mm-hmm. that he's a I man know, of his, I yeah, know. he's definitely a man of his word, but that's yeah. a different issue. Right. Um, he is a man of honor. No. He's a, he, oh my God, he is a pro-Confederacy, anti-democracy racist. Yeah. Wait, what is he talking about? He's your friend. First of all, that doesn't not reflect bat- well on you. No, Joe Biden. does not. <laughs> and secondly, what, that is so demoralizing to us. Mm-hmm. Because yes. we know who Mitch McConnell is. Right. I don't know. No, anyway, I know. Sorry, did right. I answer? I don't even know if I answered your question because <laughs> my head's going to explode. Um, so, yeah, we need to get on the Democratic Party to do its job and get the word out and educate people because the media, the mainstream media aren't doing it. Well, let me ask you so, this because I, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know, but I had Jamie um, Harrison on my show at oh, the beginning cool. of the year. Yeah. And the reason I got his attention was because I posted something and I was freaking out, you know, like I normally do. <laughs> and <laughs> and I, I, I tagged him and I tagged whoever. And he responded. And it was great because his response was a thoughtful one. And he did a thread. And I think he was slightly... What's the word? I know that I, I didn't offend him, but I know that he felt defensive because mm-hmm. he, he was explaining how the Republicans have all the money and, you know, that they were putting money into grassroots. And, and he's really doing a great job, 50 state mm-hmm. strategy and all that. But mm-hmm. what I wanted to impart to him was a couple things. I said, you know, because he said Democrats are basically mo- motivated by emotion and hope. And I said, yeah, that's that's all fine and good. But let me just say two things. And I I pointed out that, number one, um, in 2008, I was totally for I was going to vote for Obama no matter what. If it were Hillary, I would have voted for her. Um, I was not at that point a political junkie. I was paying attention, but I wasn't Mm -hmm. like obsessed like I am now. And I said the reason I became a political junkie was because of Sarah Palin, because she scared me. And so I was basically just trying to say, hey, we've got to we have to definitely show everybody, excuse me, what the Democrats are going to do for you, what they have done for you, but we also have to scare them and tell them what the Republicans are going to take away. And, uh, you know, I mean, he definitely seemed to be in agreement, but the reason I'm bringing this up is you've got a podcast now. I'm sure, you know, if you reached out to him and if you felt like talking to him, he might be open. And I think he needs to hear it because, and you know, I mean, the guy is a really smart guy. He's a Yale Uh graduate. But I think that, you know, there was there's somebody that I know and I can't say his name, but he drafts different ads for Democrats. And let's say, you know, he's tasked with 
you know, X, Y, and Z, cover these issues, and then give me a couple of versions. So he'll do the the version where they really go after the Republicans, and then they'll do the nicer one, and the Democrats seem to always want to go with the nicer one. And, uh-huh. he, and he said that the other, and I mean, it's, it's not that they're being um, Republicans, it's not that they're turning into Republicans, it's just that they're mm-hmm. going hard after and showing this is what Republicans do, and the Democrats are always choosing what they think is the safe route. And I think that Jamie mm-hmm. Harrison needs to hear from, I mean, God, I, I'm not telling you what to do, but boy, if you were on your show and you just told him what you just told me, because he just... Um, I think that he understands what's going on, but I think that he also, you know, he's trying to be careful. He's hearing from whoever else in the party. They're going on past, uh, you know, elections and and, and whatnot. And I mean, I just, so many of us are frustrated with the messaging. And then, like you said, Biden goes on basically praising Mitch McConnell. And we're all just scratching our heads going, what the fuck? (laughs) What are you doing? Yeah, and, 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 what you said is is uh, one of the biggest problems that they're they're looking to pass elections. The, there's no rule book anymore, guys. Mm-hmm. The Republicans yeah. tore it up and burned it to yeah, a crisp. Totally. So the past is not for all of here. No. We we need to start from scratch. We I, nothing in you get an email from a Republican and it's like. You haven't given us money yet. Are you are you a, 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 an enemy of America? You, we need your money right now. What's wrong with you, you yeah. weak loser? Yeah. Um, Democrats are like. I know. I'm so sorry to bother you. <laughs> I mean, but could I have? Could you just please chip in like just a nickel? You know. Yeah. I know it's a lot to ask. Yeah. Oh my God. I know. Stop it. Or Stop they it. or they just keep saying you know stunning failure, yep. stunning loss again. That's, We're losing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, okay, then I, I can explain to you why that might yeah, be. Yeah, and I mean, God, I think I wrote some stupid blog post in 2012 about that. Not that, not that all the people in the Democratic Party were paying attention to my blog post, but still, it was like <laughs> here. I, <laughs> it was like, oh my God, I was mocking them for being so ridiculous, and it's true. It's like we're losing. We're we're the party of Eeyore, and I'm just I'm so tired of it. I want to and see it, them kick it, ass. Yeah, and if if you're saying you know if Jamie Harrison is saying you know hope motivates me, how is how is that hopeful? Yeah, to be like oh my god, it's so bad. Exactly. No, 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 no. no. And you know what? If if <laughs> how is how can people be hopeful if they don't feel like our side is fighting for them? Yeah, it, it's it's really hard. And it you know and then it, uh, just as somebody online all day who's screaming. I see people with that ERO, the Democrats aren't doing anything, you know, or they'll say Merrick Garland isn't doing anything. And, and regardless of what I think about him, it's just like you said, we don't know what he's doing. So don't make the assumption, a, you know, worst case scenario. Right. Democrats love to do that. We love to just, you know, feel so sorry for ourselves and, and swim in our pity party. And we've got to get out of it. I talk with Allison Gill of Mueller. She wrote all the time and she keeps saying, let's take on a winning attitude. Just take on the winning attitude. Stop with the losing attitude. Um, but before I let you go, I have to I have to hit on this because first of all, thank you. You posted that you were leaving Spotify because of Bro Rogan, um, and and I want to say that <clears throat> excuse me, I don't have the I'm not the one who puts up my podcasts on all of mm-hmm. those. You know, I'm with Mueller. She wrote. So Mueller, she wrote, is taking it off, and I and I believe that they should be working on the people in the uh, Mueller, she wrote network. All are basically just deciding on their own, or are they going to stay or go? And mm-hmm. I said I'm leaving. So I don't know what the deal is yet because I have nothing to do with it. But I told, right. you know, AG's uh, assistant take me off of Spotify. So hopefully that'll yeah. happen. Well, you know, I've made it really clear that it's. It's a different situation for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there are people who really depend on that income yeah. from Spotify. And I was actually surprised to learn what, I'm, and again, it's not, it's not, it doesn't sound like a lot, but 6% of my listeners came from Spotify, wow. which was much, much more than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Again, it, I had, it's a brand new podcast. It's not, I, I was really sacrificing very little, if anything. 
Um, but it, I really felt like it was the least I could do. Mm -hmm. Um, but there are people who either don't have control over their own material. Mm -hmm. Um, like, um, I can't remember who, but some very well-known famous musician doesn't have control over his catalog. Mm -hmm. So he can't leave. Mm -hmm. It's up to the people who own his catalog. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, then there are podcasters who need the income or they need the exposure. So I, I no judgment. Right. But, um, you know, I I think that if it if it if it doesn't really interfere with your bottom line that much, it, it's a statement worth mm-hmm. making because yes. it, it it could it could potentially um, make a difference. I mean, it makes a difference no matter what. Yeah, like, you it know, does. it makes a difference that Neil Young, Joni Mitchell, and Nils Lofgren mm-hmm. did that, and then David Crosby, Stephen Sills, Graham Nash, they all followed. Mm-hmm. You know. I would I, oh and and um, um, India. Uh, oh I right, yes. And um, I can't remember his name. Philip something Philip. I'm really oh, no. bad with names. <laughs> the only reason I remember the other guys is because I've been listening to them since I was two. Um, but, so so there are a couple of uh, much younger mm-hmm. artists yes. out there who've pulled their stuff. Um, which is really impressive. Uh, it would be nice if, you know, somebody like Taylor Swift did that. Exactly. Yeah, I was just going to say, Taylor Swift, some some younger people with huge, massive audiences, and she's mm-hmm. already come out against fascism. So I think that would be great. I mean, yeah. not that Joe Rogan is, he, well, he's in a, in a camp all by himself, but it's interesting because when you, when you made that statement, oh, then you got quote tweeted by Glenn Greenwald, and of course he had to come after you for your stunning sacrifice and brave stance he's such a you know i I, I, first of all that my tweet basically said i know this isn't a big deal but you know in solidarity like i know it wasn't a big deal for me yeah it wasn't a sacrifice it wasn't brave it was literally the least i could do as i said and like mr you know i need attention at all times yes glenn greenwald um you know when when he's not too busy going on Tucker Carlson constantly show. yeah right um but yeah he's he, he's just I, I don't know what what he is um really just uh somebody who needs attention yes and and, and I think that's a big problem mm-hmm. it's none of these a lot of these people have no ideology mm-hmm. they just have figured out they go where the money in is terms yeah of getting click mm-hmm. yep. yep and now Bill Maher is going down mm-hmm. that road I mean oh. I've always I've never been able to stand him because he's an Islamophobe from way yeah, back. Yeah. But now, like, he's making the pitch to be on Fox, you know, to mm-hmm. be a Fox News guy. Yeah. It's just like, okay, great. Go. But what's frustrating about that is where is the money on the left? Mm-hmm. What, what is up with that? I don't know. It's so frustrating. That's what, you know, like when I was. If I had billions and billions of dollars, the first thing I would do. Yeah. Would be, you know, fund a media company and. Yes. Fun podcasters and get whatever. I just don't understand. Where are they? George Soros continues to let me down on a daily basis. <laughs> I know, right? He's and supposed I to be paying all of us. <laughs> Where's my goddamn Soros check? I have been waiting for that. And it's just not happening. You're Louis right. Louis DeJoy lost it, I'm sure. <laughs> that's that's what happened. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I know the money. It there There is so much on the left that we could be doing. I keep, I keep saying that the, the, the Democrats or, or people, you know, Jamie Harrison or even third parties, Democratic liberal people who, you know, there's so many in Hollywood that I think mm-hmm. would donate their time if there was a project. And I, I, I have always said, I think it would be awesome if the Democrats would invest in doing some kind of online effort. Now, I mean, I like the idea of, say, having kids talking with movie stars where like maybe the kids explain how democracy works or something like that because then it would be cute and it would be funny and you'd have the star power and maybe people would watch but you know Jamie Harrison was talking about the fact that Republicans have all this money and Democrats are using the money they have because they don't have as much basically into this 50 straight strategy and he is putting a lot of money into boots on the ground and that's really a good thing but if you can't afford to buy airtime on cable networks, then why can't you put money into doing something online where it's like really effective? And then what they wind up doing is playing it 
on cable for free right. and playing right. it on the you know if you if you do something bold and maybe a little shocking it's going to hit the nightly news and a lot of people who are you know there's so many americans out there who all the news they get is at 11 o'clock and if you know if they're watching their local station and there's this big video that comes out it doesn't have to be put out by the democrats it can be put out by a pack or something like that but again it's got to be really you know bold hard hitting and then that's free advertising on national television and you're going to get it all over cable news and i just don't understand why they don't get it and i'm st- i am not an expert in anything and i feel like okay i could figure that out why can't they figure out why do they yeah. keep not doing it yeah. I have some good fucking ideas and nobody cares. <laughs> it's so frustrating, but you know, it's very frustrating because there's so much it's like we have all the creativity on our side. Yes. yes. Humor. Have, yeah. Oh God. We have all of the humor. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of shocking. It is. It really is. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we, we need to get the money guys out. We need the creative people, but it's like, all right, well, we're at the, practically the 11th hour so i don't know that they're going to do that so i'm just hoping that we can figure this out but look i just want to say thanks again for coming on the show i absolutely adore you and i love all your animals and you put up that um so it was so cute first of all e Jean carroll complimented your hair you've got the best freaking hair but you put that <laughs> video up and you were talking about the um oh god it was the women um sisters yeah sisters in law and Sebastian, your bird like bit your head, <laughs> like a little love kiss or something. No, he's grooming my hair. He was aloe. Oh, okay. He was. He was. That's right. Because <laughs> apparently my hair wasn't as perfect as Eugene claimed. Because <laughs> Sebastian needed to fix it. He's so cute. Let me ask you before I let you go. How old is Sebastian? Sebastian is twenty-five. Wow. How he's, long he's do they older live? Older than my daughter. Wow. And how long do they live? Um, you know, in the wild, they can live to be 80. Wow. Uh, in captivity, probably not as long. Interesting. But let's put it this way. Uh, he has a little trust fund, and my <laughs> daughter will be inheriting him. I was just going to say, I would be so afraid to have an animal that has that length of life because I don't, you know, yeah, you'd have to have some kind of Yeah, you'd place have to have, a, you have, to have a, a built-in uh trustee not yes. trustee, guardian yes. guardian is yes. the word i was looking for so yep so whether she likes it or not she's gonna have them. and then when so how does it work if you're gonna go on vacation for a week what happens with your animals um do you have friends cats to are, take as you know are incredibly easy yes they are to take care of um sebastian i have a woman who has been taking care of him oh, for that's like great. 20 years but she's on long island but he loves her, so it's worth it. So I just transport him to Long Island. You know, when I saw that video, I was like, that's the first thing I thought of. What happens when she goes on vacation? Yeah. Because <laughs> birds uh, are needy. It's not easy. Yeah. Which is why imagine. I typically, you know, if I go somewhere like the Cape, I bring him with me. He's right. Very, he's a good traveler. Yeah. But, you know, I, I can't really just, I can't go away for a short period of time. Yeah. Because then it's not worth it to take him at the limit. It's just, it's a pain in the neck. Yeah. But, oh. oh well. And I can't leave him alone with the cats, obviously. Oh, obviously, I know. Well, the kid, I mean, he's okay with Lyndon because they, they've known each other for yeah. a long time. But the kitten, on the other hand, is still trying to make friends oh. with the bird that has a can opener attached to its face. Exactly. And what is um, the kitten's name? Wait, hold on. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Cap just pulled my uh, earphone out of my ear. Oh, <laughs> what? Of course, they know. Of course you um, what is what is the kitten's name? Her name is Cap. Oh, C A P. It's a long story. <laughs> Not a particularly interesting one, but it suits her. I love all the names. I love Lyndon, Sebastian, Cap. They're so cute, and I just I adore you. And so, thank you again for being on my show. I love it. And then, before I let you go, tell everybody where they can find you. I am at Marielle Trump on Twitter. Uh, the Good in Us is the uh, Substack newsletter, and it's the Mary Trump Show. You can find it everywhere, Apple, everywhere except Spotify. <laughs> and um, <laughs> we started doing a video a couple oh, weeks cool. ago, so you can also find us on YouTube. Wow, you're brave. I just It's funny, <laughs> but you have to tell you that Bob said, Bob, who has the Bob Seska show, said, I really like that Mary calls her show the Mary Trump Show. <laughs> I, would, I didn't want to, and Politicon's like, 
Too bad. Okay then. <laughs> oh I guess my god. To me. Well, I put all of your links to your show, to your Substack, to everything in the Patreon description. But of course, uh, that's not going to go out if you're listening on Apple. So go to Patreon.com/slash/DartMeUp. You can get all of those links. Also, you could just go to Mary's feed and get them there. Of course, you can find me on Twitter, author Kimberly L E Y at the end. My books are on Amazon. Oh my God. Thank you, Mary, so much for, for being a guest once again. I just think you are awesome. Uh, thanks. I had such a great time. I love talking to you, Kimberly. Keep up the good work. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. You too. Bye.